Shus Kvoid Moradas Vishlita, Bashus Vishishi Vishlita, Bashus Kol Hakol Hakodesh Hazer. We are in the days of preparation for the Heligi Yontiv of Chaga Pesach. Vayoimer Hashem El Moishe Boyel Paroi, Hiani Hirbadati as Liboy Vesleva Vodov, Laman Shisi Oisoi Sai Eila Bekirboy. Ulaman tesaper boozne bincho uven bincho uven bincho es asher yisalalti b'mitzrayim, so that you should tell your children and your children's children es asher yisalalti. Rashi says sochakti, how I mocked and ridiculed mitzrayim v'yedatem ki ani Hashem, and the Torah commands us that this story, this sipur of Yitzias mitzrayim. It has to be told and retold, and we have to pass it over from generation to generation. It's a mitzvah And this needs to be understood because there are many stories that are fundamental and basic to understanding Yiddishkeit. And all of these stories are told. We need to know about Briyas Shemayim Voretz, and we need to know the story about Avram Avinu and the Getchkes and the Akedah. And all of the history of Klal Yisrael, and of course we tell these stories, the stories of Hanukkah and of Purim, and yet there's only one story that we're given a mitzvah saseh, and we're commanded that we are mechuyiv to tell this story and to retell it. And in particular, Lamantasaper Eisasher Hisalalti b'Mitzrayim, how I mocked and scorned Mitzrayim. Why is it so important that this particular story be told? That it's a mitzvah to tell it? Now every vision has to stand and rest on a conviction, on a certainty. Apparently HaKadosh Baruch who wanted that this certainty, the vision of Yiddishkeit, has to stand on the vados of this story, of this sipper, of all the things that Yid has to know. We have to know many things. This has to be so clear. This has to be ingrained in our children. This has to be etched into the heart, into the soul of a Yid, even when he's a young child. This is the story you must tell your children. This is the basis of our system. Here you must dispel any doubt. This must be received directly from father to son, from mouth to mouth, without any interruption. And every Jew should be able to trace this story back on the chain to the original, to the actual events. Why? Why is what happened at Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, why is this the core story upon which our Yiddishkeit rests, why does this have to be so seared into our consciousness? There are stories that the purpose of telling the story is to have the knowledge, to know the history, to learn the limudim, to know how a certain tzaddik or one of the others behaved and learned from his actions. But then there are stories that form us, that create us, that give us our perspective, and that build our value system. These are the stories that set us free. And this is the power of the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. The Gemara tells us, Toides Ishroimi said, Where did Hananya Mishov Azariah where do they get the courage in the Messias Nefesh to throw themselves into the Kivshan or Eish? says they made a Kalvachoyme from the Tzvardim, from the frogs in Mitzrayim. The Tzvardeya were not commanded, they were not Mitzvah Voice, and yet the Posik tells us they went into the ovens of the Mitzrayim. And we who are Mitzvah Voice, certainly Kalvachoyme, that we have to be prepared to be Moisa Nefesh. And the Mephoshim asked the Kasha, what do you mean that Tzvadeya would not mitzvah v'oise to go into the ovens? The Pesach says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, Ubo b'veisecho v'chadam ishkofcho v'almito secho 
ובבית סעבודך ובעמך ובתנורך ובמשאלו יסכו. The Tzvardim were told to go into the ovens. What do you mean they weren't commanded? And Zavot, Rabbi Yonis and Ibeshitz, and I think it says in the Rishonim also, there was a command for the Tzvardaya to go all over Mitzrayim and to go into the ovens too. But no particular frog was told where he has to go. Now you can imagine the Tzvardaya are entering the palace of, of, of Pare, and they pass by his royal bedroom, and it says, okay, well, it says in the Apostolic, you have to go b'chadar mishkovcho v'almitosecho, and you can Pare's bed was probably a thick mattress, and an expensive uh, blanket, and who knows how many cushions and pillows he had, and so this frog said, okay, but he jumps in, to the comfortable bed of Pare, and he begins to croak and make noise. Fine. And now they're out looking. We need some volunteers to go jump into the oven. He said, well, I'm already doing the mitzvah. I'm, I'm in Pare's bed. If they find another tzvardeya. And there were some frogs who said, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu needs some tzvardeya to jump into the ovens, we'll do it. And there were frogs who they were mekayim, the mitzvah of Mesiris Nefesh, even though they weren't Mitzvah they could have said, let another frog do it. But they went and they jumped into the ovens. And Hanani Mishal Vazar made a Kalvachayma from them. And the Medr says, Adova Nifla, these frogs received a reward. We know after Makas Tzvardeya, all of the Tzvardeya died. With the exception of the ones the Medr said, those who jumped into the ovens, they remained alive. That was their schar for their Mesiris Nefesh. But we need to understand. Here, these frogs were Moisa Nefesh at a truly extraordinary level, at a level that Hananiah, Vishal, Vazariah, no less, were able to learn how they should be. They learned mysterious Nefesh from these Tzvardaya. And they were given a reward. What was their reward? They could be frogs for another five years, they stay in the swamp. Or in the cesspools, you know, where the, where the frogs like to romp in the schmutz and in the garbage. And they can feast on flies and worms and swim around and croak in the sewage. Another five years, another ten years. He was given the gift of life. Gift of life. A reward for your mysterious nefesh. Another ten years of froghood. You would imagine they achieved such a lofty level. They were able to be moist and nefesh. The result should have been more than staying a frog, staying at Svardeya in the swamp. Now the emphasis is that it could be that their maizim, their act of mysterious nefesh, was worthy of a greater schar. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu would want to give him more schar. But he's at Svardeya. And because he's a Tzvardeya, because he's limited by who he is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu can't give him more than he's capable of absorbing. Maybe his actions were worthy of more, but his persona, I don't know whether you could say persona about a frog, his fragona couldn't get more, couldn't achieve more, couldn't enjoy more. Than the level of a tzvardeya. Because a tzvardeya is a mugbal. He's limited. A yid has no limitations. A yid has within him a chelik elikami mal that has no hagbolus. Every single person here can be many, many times more and greater than he is. And even the tzaddik hador can be infinitely greater than he is already. Because there are no gvulim to what he can achieve. There are no meitzorim, there are no mitzrayim to what he can really be. And HaKadosh Baruch who created us with the ability to receive, to be misameg al Hashem, to have greater enjoyments than what a tzvardeya who's Nebuch limited, and even when HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to reward him, he Nebuch can't take more than a frog jumping around in a sewer. 
HaKadosh Baruch who designed us with the ability to be able to be misaneg in a shtikol toisvis, in a davening, in an achilas matzah, in a halal, in an oilam habo, that's kulo iruchni, to be nehen miziv hashchino. That's who we are. That's our potential. And what a tragedy if a person remains in the meitzorim, in the gvulim, in the picture of himself that he thinks that's what he is. And then he cannot, his, his essence doesn't resonate with any type of tanug, except that that he can share with a tzvardeya. Mitzrayim, Meitzorim, said to a person, you are a mugbul, you're no more than who you are. You're not capable of being greater than what you are. And a person believed it. And a person accepted that. That's what was called Sivlois Mitzrayim. He was able to be civil, that image of himself. And so he couldn't enjoy more. He couldn't have a greater oinig. And that's so painful to our Tata in Himmel. Could you imagine a king who has a gifted son and he sends him away to a place where he wants him to study under the greatest Chachomim and to teach him all of wisdom and to train him to be able to train him to be a king and teach him all he needs to lead a nation. And the king spends spends a lot of money to ensure that his child gets all the training and education that he needs. And one day he comes out to visit him. And he can't find him. He says, where is he? He's at the end of the campus. There's a cesspool where all the schmutz goes. And he sees his son, his precious prince, is swimming and diving. And he sees his father and he's covered with schmutz. And he waves him with a big smile. Look, look how I can dive. Look how I can swim. And the father's looking at him with his narash shmeichel. Could you imagine the pain in the father's heart when he sees his child who's capable, who was destined for so much more, being happy with the same things that its Fardaya is happy with. Eisasher hisalalti b'mitzrayim. This has to be the cornerstone of the psyche of Eid. To be able to look at Mitzrayim and all the illusion of its power and the oppression and the shibud and to know that it's just an illusion, to know that it's not real, to have that perspective. Now the Pasik tells us, Boyel Paroi, and all the other times Moshe Rabbeinu went on his own. But here HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, I'm going to come with you. And here is where he warned Parai about the Makas Arabel. is talking about the Ma'hinenimevi And the question is asked, why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu have to come with him? And the Kadmoinim bring that Pare had already withstood seven Makos. They were up to the eighth. And Moshe Rabbeinu saw that he has a power to withstand seven Makos. He was afraid that Pare would not be able to be swayed. He has such a strength. HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to come with him. And the Svarim HaMazber, we've spoken many times in the past, seven is always the number of Teva. The world was created in seven days. Shmini 8 represents a world of Lamalam and Hateva, the world of Yemois HaMashiach. And he saw that Paroi is ready for the 8th Makkah. He realized that Paroi is a Koyach, that's Lamalam and Hateva. And the Svarim tell us, we know the Rambam writes, that Paroi who are Yetzahorah Ba'atzmoy. So that means the Yetzahorah is a power that's Lamalam and Hateva. If it's Lamalam and Ateva, I can't do it alone. Boyel Pare, you need a Kaddish Baruch Hu to help us. We all know 
But sometimes the Yetzirah seems lamala menateva. There seems to be no way of getting out of his grip, no matter how hard we try. We keep on falling back and back at the same patterns. He's lamala menateva. He's a koyach of shmini. But we can ask a question. The Gemara tells us the Yetzirah has seven names. Now if he's Lamalam and Ateva and he comes from the Oilam of Shmini, why doesn't he have eight names? We can ask even a further question. Anything that's Lamalam and Ateva comes from the world of Lamalam and Ateva, comes from the world of Yemoisa Mashiach, from the world of Shmini, the world of Mashiach. We know there's no Yait Sahara after Mashiach comes. The Gemara Sakhadash Baruch will shech the Yait Sahara. So, how could the Yait Sahara draw from a world of Mashiach where he doesn't exist? Elamai, we see from here that this Yait Sahara, that's Lamalam in Ateva, this Paroi, is an illusion. There's such a thing as a Mashiach Sheker also. He's a pretender, he pretends to be Lamalam in Ateva. And that's why he has no name, because the name is the essence. The Yetzirah of the Oilam Ashmini doesn't really exist. He's an imposter, and you can't even tell what his name is. When Yaakov Avinu fought the Soresh Aleisav through the night, and the Swaram Akdashim tell us that at that night it wasn't just a physical wrestling match. He went through every Nisoyan that every Yidat Saifkaladiris will have to go through. And all night he was fighting the Yait Sahara. But he said, I know this Yait Sahara, I know this name, I know that name, I know all of these Yait Saharas. It came before Alois Sashacha, the time which represents Ikvis of the Mashiach, our generation just before Mashiach. And he says to the Yait Sahara, Mashemecha, what's your name? And he says to him, Lama Zatishalishmi, what are you asking my name for? Yankavinu all night he saw a Yetzirah that he recognizes. Yetzirah Betoich Teva. Suddenly he sees a Yetzirah that has no name. Tell me your name. He says, don't ask me my name. If you'll ask my name, you'll find out I haven't got one. You'll find out that I don't exist. Eisasher hisalalti b'mitzrayim. The Yetzirah of Mitzrayim, the definition of Mitzrayim, is Meitzorim, is limitations, is Gvulim. You know, all the eight Saharas we argue with, we fight with, we know he's bad, I mean, sometimes we win, sometimes we lose. The eight Sahara of Mitzrayim is one we agree with. He tells us we're limited, he tells us we are who we think we are, and he tells us this is it, and we believe him. And that's the eight Sahara that dresses in clothing of Lamala Menateva, it's so powerful, it limits us. We have to laugh, we have to mock, we have to ridicule that Yitzhahara. It has to be the foundation that our Yiddishkeit is built on. And that's why that was the Makkah of Araba, the eighth Makkah. There's some soifer many of the Kadmoinim bring that the Arba represented Yitzchak. Arba's begematria Yitzchak of Shamshastrapolia says, Boy el Paroi. Take the letters in Paroi. There's a pay and an I, and they're similar to a base and an olive. Take the base and the olive and take out the pay and the I in Boy el Paroi, and Paroi becomes Arba. Laman shisi oisoi sayela boyel pare in order to put these letters boy into the word pare. Says straight from Shamash the Polyus, Ramsayv says, What does that mean? What's the significance? Switching letters, what does it mean? So he explains that pare had a schus that Yankovinu lived his best years in Mitzrayim. And because of that, he gave chiyas into the entire life of pare, of, of Yankov. And Yankov lived through 147 years. So Pare had the schus of those 147 years. But when that ended, the schus of the Yemei Yaakov ended, began the tkufa of Yitzchak, who's Midas Hadin. If you put boy, you put Bez Aleph, and you take out Pei Ayin, how much did you take out? Pei Ayin is 150. 
But by Aleph, you replace three. So you took 147 out of Paray, the years of Yaakov. And now you're left with Arba, which is Begematria Yitzchak. Now begins Din. Until now, there was Rachmim for Paray. Now begins Din. The Chidor brings... Brings a medrash. Kaddish Baruch Hu said to the Ovois, if you take a letter out of your names, I will be able to take the Eden out of Mitzrayim earlier. So Avram said, I can't give back the hay of my name. I will no longer be Av Hamoin Goim. Yaakov said, if I give back the Yud, I'll remain Akev. But Yitzchok said, take the Sin. Yitzchok's name was Yitzchok. Miloshon Schoik. Take the scene out and replace it with a tzaddik. I'll be Yitzchok instead of Yitzchok. And you take away the tzaddik from Shin, you're left with 210. Redu the amount of the years that Yidin were in Mitzrayim. The Chidor brings that we say in the Pasuk in Tilim, Yoshev Bashomayim Yitzchok, Hashem Yilag Lomoy. That's referring to Yemois HaMashiach. That's referring to the true Tzchoik of Yitzchok. Oz Yimolei Tzchoik Pinu. Eis Asheri Salalti B'Mitzrayim, says Rashi Sochakti. The true, transcendent, eternal, metacosmic laugh of Yemois HaMashiach when Mitzrayim and the Yitzhahara will be exposed as a joke, we will see that all the things that had power over us, all the things that we were afraid of, and all the things that controlled us and limited us, were all meaningless. When the true revelation of Din, to defeat the power of the eighth mark of Lamalam and Ateva, you have to come from the world of Shmini. And when there's a certainty, you can only laugh when you have a certainty, when you have a vados. What do you laugh at? What do you find humorous? This story has to be put into us because this is the story of Yemois HaMashiach, this is where we're heading. This is giving us clarity. Not to be taken in by the Eight Sahara that appears to be Lamalam and Ateva, that appears to be so powerful, but he doesn't even exist, he doesn't even have a name. This has to be the foundation of who we are. And we can't have a doubt in it. And that's why the story has to be so clear and has to be told over and over without any sveikis. And that's why Pesach is Miloshin to pass over, to jump, a loshen of Dilug. To get out of the swamp of the Tzvardeya. We're not Tzvardim. To get out of the world of katniss, out of the world of nonsense, to be able to laugh at the pettiness, whether it's Ben Adam Lomokim, Ben Adam Lechaveiroi, how many times do we get dragged into a swamp in Ben Adam Lechaveiroi? This one said that, and he said, oh, and I'm not, I'm going to fight about this. Person go on and on for hours about things that aren't even worth five seconds of a cat's life. And he gives away ten years of his life over it. To expose the foolishness. To enter the world of greatness. To break through the Meitzorim. There's a world beyond the swamp. Beyond the, the perspective of a Tzvardeya. And in that world, there's no end to how much oinig we can truly have. But the story has to change us, has to awaken, has to reveal within us who we truly are. And this is a special form of renewal. 
which is the Avoida of this Yontiv. The Yontiv begins with the first mitzvah in the Torah, HaChodesh HaZelochem. The first is always the source, is always the root. And if HaChodesh HaZelochem is the first mitzvah in the Torah, it means all of Kol HaTorah Kula is included in this mitzvah. Now we say by Kiddush Lovona, it would be enough. It's a Gemara, it's a Brice report of Masechta Sanhedrin. And Rashi says, you know, we say it every month. See what Rashi says. What does it mean, Dayam will be enough for us? Says Rashi. If all of Torah was just one mitzvah, if all we had was this one mitzvah of Chidush Halavana, it would be enough. Can you imagine? What kind of nation, what kind of religion would that be? Can you imagine religion has one tenet? You have to get together every month and dance around the Levana and say, Mekudosh, Mekudosh. What would we call such people? Moonies? Loonies? What, what kind, how, could we, how could we take all of Torah and mitzvahs and condense it into the mitzvah of Kiddush HaChodesh? What does that mean? Mishnah tells us, Masech Teresh at the time Rabbi Gamliel accepted Edom, and he was Keveya a certain day to be Rosh of Tishrei, and it was clear to Rabbi Yeshua and to Rabbi Doise that the testimony was impossible, and they didn't accept it, Rabbi Yeshua didn't accept it, Rabbi Gamliel decreed that you have to come before me, Rabbi Yeshua, with your staff and with your money wallet, on the day that Yom Kippur falls out, according to your calculation. And Rabbi Yeshua had no choice. Rabbi Gamliel was the Nasi, and he was in great distress. He was in Tzahn. Rabbi Akiva met him, and Rabbi Akiva said to him, the Posik says, Eilo Hashem oisom bimoyadom. Oisom, we have to read as Atem. Atem afilu shoyigin, Atem afilu mezidin, Atem afilu mutim. If Bezin says today is Rishchodesh, even if they made a mistake, even if they purposely, they were mezidim, they had a, a reason to say a different day than it really was, even mutim, even if it turns out the Adam were false Adam, that day becomes Rishchodesh, and today is not Yom Kippur, but rather the day that Ram Gamliel said is the right Yom Kippur. So Dvar Pella, what does that mean? Where do we find a parallel to that in Kola Kula? We, we know it's not Yom Kippur, we know the Adam lied. We're standing there, Nila, we're doing tshuva, and all the, we, we, all the heavens are open, and the Kesah becomes this Gala. Could do, what, what do you mean? It's not Yom Kippur. What does that mean? What is Chidush? We all know there's a special Koiras Ruach when something is new, whether it's a new Mesechta, whether it's a new year. A new pair of shoes, a new car, a new niggin, a new chasana hall. When something is new, there's a certain sense of euphoria that comes with it. It's new. Where does that feeling come from? Reb Tzaddik tells us that the special koiras ruach of chidush doesn't come from this world. Because ein chodosh tachas hashomesh. In this world, everything is old. There's a world of Yemois HaMashiach, which is truly new. And every sensation of chidush that we feel in this world is borrowed from a world that's truly new. Now what does it mean that in the world of La'asad Lava there's chidush and there's no chidush in this world? Because true and perfect chidush, I mean perfect chidush, absolute newness, can only be in a world where there's no past. Can only be in a world where there's no time. In this world, we're bound by the limitations of Zman. So there's an Ovar, Hoive, and an Osid. Nothing is ever truly new because there's always the effect of what was. The world of La Osid Lovoy is a world where there's no time. Hoya, Hoive, Viyeh are at all times all functioning together. There's no separation. Time itself is only an illusion of the physical world. 
And in that world, because there cannot be an avar, because everything is now, only there can something be truly new, can be truly new without a history. And when we enjoy something that's new, the pleasure comes from touching a marshal or a symbol of a world where there's no past. If we were to think honestly, every one of us, the reason we are what we are, if we're not learning, if we're not davening, if we're not acting the way we're supposed to, the reason is because that's what we did yesterday. I am whoever I've been until now. That's my vision of myself. My ovar is koiveya. That's what determines what I will do and how I will see myself. And Ovar always represents Pagam. That's why when there's a Pagima, you have a brand new pair of shoes, a little scratch on it, ah, it's no longer new. Why? Why does it bother you, the scratch? Because that shows there's a history. It shows it's not brand new. You walk into a store, okay, you want to buy a new camera. And the salesman takes out from under the glass a beautiful new camera, shows you how it works. Okay, you'd like to buy it. He said, no, you're not going to take this one. No, no, no. If you want to take the display model, you want 20% off. Hi, it's brand new. No, no, it's not 100% new. It's already out of the box. So you want to take one that comes from the box. So you go there and you take one box. And that's how you see the tape on the box a little bit loose. So you put that one back, you take the box underneath it. Why? Why? doesn't feel perfectly new. There's a tiny pagam that diminishes from the perfection of its chidush. A person has to approach Havoides Hashem with total chidush. A shoemaker thinks he has to daven like a shoemaker. He really should daven like the tzaddik hador. Avoidus Hashem Bechidush means that we enter a world where there's no history. And that's why Hachoidus Hazelochem is the first mitzvah. That's why it's called Kabbalah's Pnei Hashchina. And that's why if we had just this mitzvah alone, it would be enough because that is the message of Kolatoyre Kulatayag mitzvah is to teach us something, is to make us close to Shechina, is to know that when we're involved, when we're Tzermi HaKadosh Baruch this is the beginning and the end and all of the world, there's nothing before and nothing after. And that's when we could be that's when we can act like HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When we don't live in the Meitzorim of what was. And that's why only the Mitzvah of Kiddush HaKadosh, there can't be a mistake. Because this can't be the wrong Yom Kippur. It can only be the wrong day if there are other days in existence. If this is the only day there ever was or will ever be, how could it be the wrong day? It's completely new. There's nothing else. You know, you say Kiddush Levana, so you spend Shalashuddha sitting next to your friend. And by my you sat next to him. On the way out to Kiddush Levani, you're schmoozing to him. And come Kiddush Levani, you turn to him and say, Shalom Aleichem. And he says, Aleichem, Shalom, as if you never met the guy before. It's a world of Chidush. It's a world where all of the Meitzorim that were are exposed. They're not Mechaev. And that's the Avoida of the Leil HaSeder. I want to share with you a lotion. The Soid Yisharim. From the Heiliger Adzina. Chazal say, Bechol dor v'dor chayev odem liris es atzmai kule yotzim in Mitzrayim. Hainu she bechol dovor she odom hu meshuke boy. When somebody is meshuke, he's steeped in something. Ad she nidmeloi she iev she loi lotzei smina hergel. Till he sees he can never change. This is what's called Shibud Mitzrayim. 
ולזה מחויב האדם לירוס, שלא יהיה נמצא אצלו שום הרגל טבע כלל. A person has to be קווייה by himself, that there's no רגילס of טבע from beforehand. וכפי מה שהאדם משולל הימנו הרגל טבע, in proportion, in measure to what a person is shoilu from himself, the hergel ha-teva, kach moitze beliboi cheirus oilom, v'zeh nikri yitzias mitzrayim. This is the meaning of freedom, of real freedom. There's all sorts of freedom. But here, imitation freedom. True freedom, absolute cheirus, is absolute chidush. What keeps us back? What keeps us back in Mitzrayim? What keeps us back in the swamps with the Tzvardaya? Mitzrayim is a very powerful koyach. You know, before, before, before Pesach, there's a lot of work. You have to clean and you have to scrub. A lot of work preparing for Pesach. And we know the Swaram Akdoshim tell us the Kadmoinim that Chomets is a remez on the Yetzirah. A mashu of Yetzirah could do a lot of destruction. And that's why we're so vigilant about every mashu of Chomets and so many Chumras because we know we're dealing with the Yetzirah. And it's a strange thing. We've asked this question in previous years with different Mahalchim. Normally when there's a marshal and a nimshal, an intelligent person understands the ikir is the nimshal. Somebody goes to a drosha and he hears a nice marshal and nimshal, he comes, I only remember the marshal, I can't remember the nimshal. So you know he's a superficial person. So why are we so busy with the marshal? We're so busy with the chomets. But it's not, you know, before Rosh Hashanah we're learning musa and we're saying vidui and we're working on ourselves. Well, we should have a six-hour musa seder in Chodesh Nisan every day. Getting rid of the chomets. Some of the Haggadah, so it says, by Shreyfus Chom, it's a tefillah, just like I'm burning the Chomets, I should burn out the Yetzar, that's Bukhur Mazdaqim, but we see that the main emphasis is on the physical, the physical struggle. The way we overcome the Yetzar, which is a deep, a deep avoider. But it begins with very real physical things. And if we don't have that, we don't even stand a chance when we come face to face with the avoider, with, with, with the Yitzhahara. Now I remember as a child, um, so in the summer months, so in Cheda, it was in sixth grade, used to take us, every two weeks they took us to go swimming. You know, city kids, they took us to the Y to go swimming. Now, we were only allowed to go by the swim. It was a big building with a gym. and all. We weren't allowed to go around to stay, to stay put. So, of course, you kids, we're not going to stay where we're told to stay. So we had to go exploring around the whole building. And we found there was an exercise place. And I was there with two, little, two, two of my friends. And they were they're boxing. They're practicing boxing. One guy's slugging it out with a punching bag. And the other two guys are sparring with each other. And we're standing, you know, three little kids standing watching this. And when I looks at us, no, he says, you kids want to, want to try? You want to box? So one boy says, yeah, I want to try. Okay, so he put him on the gloves, he put him on a mask, and he starts, you know how they do it, <laughs> dancing back and forth, and the kid didn't know what hit him. And he, of course he wasn't hitting him too hard, a little child, you know, but he couldn't get in one punch. I was watching the whole time. I want to see exactly how it's done. You know, and the next kid has a chance, and he starts punching him out. I'm watching carefully. But now I got it straight. I know exactly what to do. I see how he comes around and how he fakes and how he moves. Okay, I said, I want to fight now. I cut on the boxing gloves and I'm ready. And I didn't get in one punch. Wherever I turned, he was behind me. He was in front of me. It was over before it started. I was flat out on the floor. Now, now when did I lose this fight? Standing there fighting with him? It was never a match. He's trained. He's exercised exercised, he's boxing for years, and you think, I think I'm going to come there, I've watched how to do it, and I'm going to fight him, of course you don't stand a chance, it's a knockout, before it begins, that's not where the battle with the Eight Sahara begins, it begins long, long before, 
if a person is physical, physical his amtsus, his gabrus. I want to share with you what Abtzadik writes, Dvarim Neuroim, when he talks about Golos Mitzrayim. We know this. Reb Tzodik writes, there's two types of shikua in Olam Hazeh. There are the Oivdim Beretz Ashur. These are the people who are meshuke in Olam Hazeh with a tremendous amount of energy. They are working in Olam Hazeh to gather money, ligboitz momoin, and power, and redifas hakovoid, and taivas. And they are so shokua in Olam Hazeh, with so much gusto and so much power and so much koyach, they are called Oivdim Be'eretz Ashur. But then there are the Nidochim Be'eretz Mitzrayim. What's that? Ho'atzlonim, the lazy ones. Ha'shokuim b'dimyoyne shel toyu v'shel shov v'shel hevel. V'zeh inyin Mitzrayim, which is called Ervas Ha'oretz. Oretz means a place of avoida, a place of work. You have to plow, you have to plant. In Mitzrayim, you didn't have to work. The Nile River rose and irrigated the fields on its own. That's called Ervas Ha'oretz, She'ein Tzorech Avoido. When one is shokua in the world of Mitzrayim, he becomes a nidoch, he becomes pushed away. Zebo miroiv bakoshes hashalvo v'loyliyoiz b'shibud u'ba'avoido kiyodua. When a person is just looking, and that's today, we live in a world where just looking for more and more relaxation, for less shibud, for less oil, to have less to fight for, not to be fighters. What does that do to us? That's mashkia us in Eretz Mitzrayim. And Abtzadik writes, when Adam Arishna Kaddish Baruch Hu put him into a tardemo, he put him into a slumber, into a sleep, and that's when he created chavaliyos like Ezer Kenegda. It says Rabtzadik, all of the Asik of a person ba'olam hazeh is lehischazek atzmoi lehischoyrer mishinosoy b'chol pam. HaKadosh Baruch Hu put Adam Arishan to sleep so he should be able to get up and fight and bring in himself the teva, the industrious teva of fighting, instead of being an atzlan. For that alone, is that's why it's here. To get us into shape. So that when we have to fight the Yetzirah, if we're people who are just looking for our comforts, just looking to relax, just take David easy, so of course we don't stand a chance when the Yetzirah tempts us with an Isser. Because that's how we're designed. We just want what's pleasurable for us. We don't even think of fighting. The battle's been lost before we began. That's what the Swaram Akdoshim write. The Ikim Muhammad Yetzer, the Shulchanorach begins Yisgabekari waking up in the morning. Jumping out of bed with a chiyas like a lion. The Chidor writes, all of Mohammed's Hayyatzer is rooted in that. If a person begins his day with such a his gabris, he's a fighter. His davening looks different, his learning looks different, his, his, his midis, his shmiris aynaim, his shmiris everything is, he's a fighter. Reb Tzadik writes, Mitzrayim is, is, is the Shoyrish, says, Ashur is Yitzra Davoide Zorah. It's an Avoide, it's a work that's Zor. Mitzrayim is the Yitzra of Arayis, Erva Saoretz. Because the Yitzra of Arayis comes from the Atzlus, from the Bakoshes Hashalvo, looking to have everything good and comfortable without any shibud. And a person who becomes mushuke in dimyoinus and havolim. And worst of all is he becomes a nidoch. He becomes pushed away. He feels he's pushed away from every dover shabikadush. He opens a gemara. He doesn't feel like a gishmak. He feels a nidoch. He comes at the shul to davening and can't wait to get out. Takes him a half hour to come inside. He has to read all the signs outside because he can't take the oppression of sitting in shul. He's nidoch. He feels the shul is pushing him away. Instead of davening, he has to find 20 different papers to read. 
They're all very, very fine Zach in the stuff people read during davening. All the parsha etc. They're wonderful. Did you ever, ever see anybody reading them not during davening? <laughs> We're never there. We're never in the world of Chidush. We're in the world of Hisyashnus, which is the world of Mitzrayim. Which is the tsura of this world. Everything that's going on, all of the litzonis and all of the nonsense and all of the illusions of Mitzrayim, they're to put us to sleep. So we should push through the 120 years without too much effort, without being disturbed too much. And that's why the nimshel begins, it begins with the moshel. It begins with cleaning for Pesach with energy, with all the chumras and all the anhogas and all the preparations that evolve just to get a person into fighting form. That he shouldn't be a nisyashin because nisyashin means old. It means the opposite of new, which is kabolas pnei hashchin, which is the tachlis of being a yid, which is yitzias mitzrayim itself which is filled with Chiddush. And that's what the Yitzhara wants to do to us. He wants to push us away. He wants to push us away. Because we're really, spe- we're not meant to be frogs. We're meant to be, meant to, you know, you wait a whole year, wait a whole year for that hollow Pesach night by my, oh, that's a hollow. Imagine people, can cut the, you stand standing before the Rabbi Nishilaylam, and a person feels he's pushed away. Can't wait for it to be over. Why? We're living in his yashness. We think we are who we were yesterday. That's the only koveya. And that's such a sheker. It's such a sheker. It's the great lie. It's a lie that doesn't have a name. We have to learn to laugh at it. I am not who I was yesterday. I am ready to serve you now as if there was never a world before. This is all there is. I want to get out of my Meitzarim. I'm ready to serve you with energy, with Simcha. And suddenly we will feel that instead of being Pulled, pushed away. We're being pulled towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We feel HaKadosh Baruch Hu drawing us towards Him. Instead of imagining Nebuch, Nebuch, how many people Nebuch imagine that they're being pushed away. And can we imagine how HaKadosh Baruch Hu is crying when his own child feels that his father is pushing him away. And we really can make the changes. If we tackle, if we fight. I think I told this story in the past. Beautiful story. So if Rabbi Ankel Galinsky is all gesundten stark. He tells a story that just at the beginning of the Second World War, before Germany invaded Poland, they were threatening. They wanted, Hitler Machshemoy demanded the city of Danzig. It was a port city. And, and he said if he doesn't get that city, he's going to war against Poland. And it was a very a lot of tension, and there was anti-Semitism. People were afraid to go out on the streets. And the Nevada Yeshiva, Rabbi Yanko was learning. They had no food because all the bakeries had closed down. So the Shdalta asked Rabbi Yanko, he said, no, you're very small. People think you're a little boy. You're not, uh, you know, Bacha was scared to go out into the streets. You walk to the next town, and maybe there's a store that's open. You can get some flour. You can feed the Bacharim. He says, I walked to the next town. All the stores were shuttered, closed. I didn't say, I see a huge crowd in the town square. What's going on? It says, the Prime Minister of Poland is about to give a speech on the radio. There's only one radio in the town. They all gathered around to listen. And he hears the Prime Minister speaking. And he says, the German Chancellor has demanded that we give Danzig. He claims it's German territory. And he says, if we don't give it to him, he's going to go to war. And I know what war means. War means terrible suffering. War means bloodshed. War means death and destruction. And I don't want war. 
And truly we can give him the city of Danzig because we have other port cities. We don't need Danzig. It's not so strategic for us. But I also know that he's not here just for Danzig. If I knew all he wanted was Danzig, I would give it to him. But I know he wants all of Poland, so we have to fight for Danzig. And the uncle tells over, he walked back, and he came back to the altar. He didn't have, he says, well, he, he says, you didn't bring back anything. He says, look, I didn't find any bread, but did I hear a musashmus? The Eitzahara doesn't come for small things. The Eitzahara doesn't come down from Shemayim to find little me, because he wants to be marshal me in a small thing. Es nafsheich yivakeshu. And the Eitzahara tells you, don't get out of bed in the morning. He's saying, I want you to be a 90-year-old Amoritz. When he says, waste your time on this Narashkeit, he means your whole life should be a waste. When he tries to tell a person, a small michshel in Yonit sneers, we're this beggar, we're that beggar, it's not so bad. That's not what he wants. He wants the worst of errors. Yetzirah doesn't come for small things. We have to fight the chomets b'mashu as if we're fighting for our lives. Because that's when we become fighters. That's when we get out of the hisyashnus. That's when we become giboyrim. And that's when we become free men. We become b'nei choyrin. That's when we become b'nei choyrin. And Pesach is the yontiv of choyrus. <clears throat> the Ebishter should give us the wisdom and the strength and siyata d'shmaya to know the emes. Let's not be taken in by the lie. Let not Mitzrayim turn us into frogs. We can enjoy so much more. We can be connected to so much more meaningful things. And we can have such an oinig in life. Sure, the frog is very happy romping around in the sewer. But he's a tzvardeya. It's not who we are. Itzias Mitzrayim means getting out of the Meitzorim, recognizing that the Ovar is not who I am. The Ovar is an illusion. Now there's a new world, there's a new beginning, there was nothing ever before, and this is Kola Toira Kulo, this is Kabbalah's Pneha Shino, this is the first mitzvah in the Toira, is to get out of Mitzrayim. So the Eibishter will see Ritzainay Nulasa, says Ritzainay. He takes away in the Yontav of Pesach, the Sor Shabis and the Shibit Malchias will be Zoycha to an Emma and Bakara will be Zoycha to be as Mashiach Tzidkainabim Herabi Amen.